Welcome everyone <laughs> to Evolving Us. This is episode 23. And today we are so excited to be here, aren't we, Jules? So excited. Beyond. Boop. Mm, boop. Um, I'm Ashley and this is Julia, as you guys know, our listeners that have been with us for a while. Today we are so excited to share with you guys so many things, but the number one thing, most important thing is that we have a guest speaker on here today and she is our beloved queen, Ashley Drakulich. We call her pancake in our community. And we are going to be spending this time together with her and each other and you to understand more, to connect, to understand more. And, um, Jules and I are really excited to start sharing with you guys different elements of our internal team by bringing our team forward, the most special people in our life that help our community run, um, to understand their stories, to hear about their journeys, to hear about the moments that they felt powerless or incapacitated or unable or unresourced and figured out how to come back to themselves in a way that lets them live an empowered and meaningful life of leadership, of generosity, of abundance, of love, of meditation, and of meaning. So um, I'm so excited to welcome you, Ash. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor to be a guest speaker on your podcast, and I've enjoyed listening along the way, and now being a part of it is like such a blessing in my life. So happy to be here. Hmm. It's so I love it. And I love that we're like talking about or bringing in the team and Ash starting off with Ash because it's so crazy that like we have this amazing community that we don't really get to showcase much. Obviously, people we talk about, you know, through the podcast, many different things that is the work and we talk about the community, we talk about our how our lives have sh have shifted and changed and evolved and we don't get to showcase everyone who participates. So this is pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> and as you guys all know, I mean, us here and you listeners, we're some unfiltered people. And if you've heard Julia and I like burp and laugh and like make crazy noises on the podcast, like Ash is all up in that alley. So just know you're going to get the most raw version of us. There's nothing like pristine and professional about this. This is literally our raw truth. So shall we ladies? Yeah, the there raw go. truth is pristine, okay? The raw truth is pristine, but I just mean like the perfectness, the edits, the I'm not going to put that on because I'm afraid of what it's going to, how it's going to land and what people are going to think. Like we don't fucking do that in these streets, mm -mm. right? Like we are exactly who we are, take it or leave it because the door is there. And also there's a lovely cushion next to me. So make a choice, right? Like pick, pick a choice and figure it out. Um, wow. I feel like it's been a while since we've been on our podcast. The last episode we had was on plant medicine, which no mistakes. We just had a very powerful journey this last weekend for, um, Julia's birthday. So thank you for being born and allowing us to share space with you in such a sacred way, which we'll get there. Y'all we'll get there. <laughs> I want to start with Ash since we have her beautiful amazing <laughs> time here. I'll just start with, um, just a big, actually fuck all my questions and prying. I want to start by just saying, first of all, how are you? Who are you? And how would you like to share your presence with our listeners before we jump into the, the, the community stuff? Yeah. Thanks for asking. And in hearing what you just shared earlier about how this is very raw and unedited and we just show up as we are, that's who I am now. And that's not who I was before. Um, I never felt safe in order to be myself, my full self. 
and not judge myself, not feel this unworthiness over me. And although that still is present from time to time as like we're human, but I just love that you entered with that because it's such a privilege to be able to show up as yourself. And I don't think a lot of people are able to do that. So I'm really grateful to that. I'm able to be myself today. And um, yeah, how I want to share myself is just share my story from where I began and like how I got into this community and really the tools that have helped shape who I am today and allow me to be present without doubt, um, be present in this very moment. So yeah, I guess fire away at some questions, but um, mm -hmm. wherever you'd like me to start, I'm happy to share. I'm always an open book and yeah. I love that. That was such a good understanding, I think. And I would say evidentially from what we get to see as being your friends and teachers, but also very interconnected as colleagues, um, that is tried and true that seeing you be your most authentic self is <laughs> such a privilege. It's so beautiful. And, um, I love the languaging around it being a privilege because the truth is the fear of being ourselves can get in the way and the privilege of being ourselves can heal all of that shame that's underneath it, right? Underneath that fear. So I love getting to know you as your most authentic self. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'd love to just start at like who you were before, like what operating system, what was your baseline? What are the practices, habits, things that you did in your life? And then you can also lead that into if you're down, um, what the trajectory looked like when you realized you needed more support than you had. Yeah. Great question. Um, who was I, who was I before all this? <sighs> Take your time, baby. It's hard because that version of me is so far from where I am now. And it's also a very valid version and oftentimes a motivation to keep me going and not because I'm ashamed of her anymore, but because that reminds me of how much work I've really put in to get where I'm at today. So something that I would describe myself as before would be a massive people pleaser. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. I think based on our upbringings and just feeling like we can't take up space and we have to show up a certain way. We have to act a certain way, say a certain thing, make everybody feel welcome, but leave ourselves behind. And I kind of always had this feeling of unworthiness of that's been my assignment. This entire life has been unworthiness and like learning that I am worthy. Um, and what I mean by that is I put everybody else ahead of myself. And I think a lot of that stems from my childhood and like my parents and watching my mom bend over backwards, do everything for everybody else, but herself. And still to this day, she's doing that. And it's a constant mm -hmm. reminder for me of like, yes, it's loving and amazing and it's not required. Um, but that was something that really held me back. I feel like I never really got to shine in front of my friends. Like I felt like I had to make everybody else happy. And I think that led to me feeling unfulfilled and unwanted, unneeded. And at that point, I had blamed everybody else for that. Someone made me feel this way. Someone didn't respond this way because they don't love me. Um, and I can tie everything back to my childhood. Like that's the beautiful thing is that that's my anchor right now is tying it back to where I came from and then being able to remember these specific memories and be like, oh, that's why this is the way it is now. How can I change that? Um, so that's a little bit into who I was before was just constantly serving others and not myself and 
that was by no fault other than my own, you know, like not wanting to open my eyes and see everything. Um, I think I I have this, go go ahead, ahead. please. I I was just going to say, I think I have this knack for taking responsibility now for everything versus then it was a lot of blame. And so now I might be on the other side, right. Where I'm in the side of like constant, Responsibility, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And eventually I'll meet in the middle again, right? And find that equilibrium. But yeah, that's what I just realized with my language patternings. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I also want to remind you, which I know that you know this and like we all know this, but it's hard to remember is that even though that version of us gave up a lot of our agency, our personal power, it also kept us really safe. So the times that we felt like we needed to get love by showing up in those ways were actually really great strategies, right? Like I got what I needed in order to survive until it didn't work for who I was becoming. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you don't know any different either, right? Until you do. And so when Mm -hmm. you were talking, Ash, I was just thinking about like, I know how you got interested in being like, I, wow, like someone posted something on Instagram and you're like, oh, can I, can I join? It it was a webinar or something or one of the challenges that we did, I think. But what at that point in your life made you interested to be like, I want to try something or try something different, or maybe it wasn't that conscious of a choice even. Yeah, definitely. Of course. Um, So Essentially, like before all of the community and me joining, I was always very present in yoga. I love practicing. I always had a strong practice in the asana, the physical, um, but I was lacking in a lot of the other areas. And I didn't really know what I was missing, right? I had gone through a 200-hour training my first round and got a little tidbit of everything around, but I didn't fully understand or grasp like the expansiveness of that practice. And then something pivotal happened that we all experienced together, which was COVID. Um, That was very scary, very jarring to the nervous system. And I've kind of always been in in and out of the work as far as like self-help books and therapy and like all of those things. But I never really saw myself as an anxious person. And COVID brought something out in me that I had never seen before. And I experienced my very first panic attack. I was working at a company for three years and we went through four different rounds of layoffs. Um, and then finally I was let go as the company closed down and I was like, okay, now I just don't have a job. What does that mean? And like, I didn't really know how to fully comprehend that. Like our life has always been like work, work, work. Your success means that you have to like be a certain way in the presence of society. And so when I didn't have that, I realized how much emphasis I put my identity in my work. And when I didn't have that, I felt alone and scared. And I remember I was driving to the unemployment office because I couldn't get unemployment for whatever reason. Everything happens for a reason. I'm driving and all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. And I felt this pounding feeling of a heartbeat. And like, that's where it all began for me. It was just constant pounding. And I literally thought I was having a heart attack. I drove myself to the ER. I was on the phone with my mom and she's like, drive, drive, go to the hospital, pull over, like do something and finally make it to the ER. I park my car and I'm crawling hands and knees inside the ER thinking I'm dying. And I get there and they like pick me up and sit me on the chair and they're like, oh, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, no, what? What is that? 
Like, you don't know that? what's going on inside of me. What the fuck? I'm dying. That's the most dying. serious. Yeah. I'm How dare you belittle me? But then I realized as I'm like being defensive, I literally calmed down. Mm. And I was like, whoa, like my heart stopped beating and not fully, right? Stopped beating really fast. And they gave me an Ativan and they were like, cool. Do you have someone to pick you up? And I was like, sure. And so I called Teddy and my fiance and he came and picked me up and I was like, what do I do with this? Like, is this going to keep happening? Big piece of information to work with. My God. Yeah. Like, you know, I think we all have those points. Like we have those turning points where all of a sudden the repercussions or the consequences of our way of being no longer manifest in the same way, but instead they come through harder, stronger with different information. And it's like sink or swim. You, you want this life. You got to do this, but you know, the tipping point with suffering is so fine, but it's also can be so obvious, mm-hmm. right? Like in an instant, the coping mechanisms will continue to work and fuel and feed the need that you have underneath it. And then just as easy in an instant, you'll get a different response from that thing you've always gotten that certainty from. And then it's like, oh, cool. Like powers that be are deciding for me right now that it's time to shift. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that. a scary moment because you go from certainty to uncertainty, or at least a false sense of certainty, right? Yeah. Like my job is so safe. Everything here in my identity is so safe. And then you really realize like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Wow. The universe had a different plan for me. And I think the call comes no matter what, and it just gets louder and louder. And I can remember back to other points in my life where I've had similar experiences, but not a full-blown panic attack. And then now it's like, Hey body, like, Hey mine, like, come, come, like, listen. And I think it was literally that sign for me to realize that I need to make a shift, a change. And I didn't know myself anymore. The moment that happened, I literally the next day, I won't go down into too many details about it, but essentially I couldn't leave the house. Like I started having panic attacks reoccurring. Every time I get in the car, I would have a panic attack. I was in the grocery store by myself standing in line. I started seeing black and I almost passed out. I had to go back outside, call my fiance. He came to pick me up and he was like, you've never been like this. He's like, what happened? Like, and I was like, am I going to be like this forever? Like, I literally was like, what do I do with this? And I Mm -hmm. go to the doctor and they're like putting me on antidepressants, like, and I'm not against medicine. Like whatever you need is what you need. But it was so quick to like repair, like bandaid fix. Like you don't need to feel this feeling. Like how often do we not allow ourselves to feel because we're so uncomfortable. And I was like, I can't take this. Like, yeah. I didn't want to be on quick fix society. That's like good fucking luck with like taking your time healing. It's like, Hey, you better figure it out. Cause work starts at 9am tomorrow. Get it together. Thousand percent. How mm-hmm. dare I take a day off? How dare I take a break from work? (laughs) How dare you have a panic attack? What are you thinking? (laughs) Right? Like, get it together. We we don't have time for this. This isn't Mm -hmm. your life. This is everyone else's life. Everyone else's time. So So, like in retrospect, can you see where your pain got too intense to sit in that space? Not just in the defining moment of the panic attack, but where your relationship to life started to be like, cool, like this is different. This has got to be different. Yeah. I think it was after they had diagnosed or not diagnosed me rather, but like prescribed me, um, I think it was Lexapro at the time. I took a big breath and I was like, this isn't me. Like this doesn't align with me. And I feel so scared to be in my body. And I had actually attempted to meditate. Cause I was like, I think meditation would help. 
And I tried to close my eyes for five <sighs> minutes and I closed my eyes and I had a panic attack. And I was like, yeah. whoa, I can't even like be with myself right now. Like how wild. Well, yeah. It's like people think that med- it's, it's again, using the instant gratification thing for meditation. You're like, no, the last place you need to do is sit alone with yourself right now. Like you need guidance, you need support, right? Like other things that I can- need shared experience. I need relatability. Mm. I need community. I need, I needed, right. All of those things. And I still do. And, um, how I got introduced to the community, which was such a godsend was, um, another amazing soul in the community car. She, it was a friend of mine prior to me joining this community. And I had saw that she posted about something. I think it was a retreat you guys were on in Greece. And I was like, wow, like how amazing is her life? And of course my head goes to like, must be nice. Like, how great you get to have this great life, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I want to be like that, but like too afraid to reach out. Yeah. Or do I want to do the work that goes into that? Well, I didn't even know what work goes into that. I just thought it was handed. Right. Mm. And like you see people with these lives and you're like, oh, they got something I didn't. They were born with something I wasn't. Woe is me, you know? <sighs> so great breeding ground for your old stories, huh? Right. Yeah. They love to come up reconfirmation. <laughs> and usually the thing we resist the most is the thing that we need to lean into anyway. So yeah. Hey, Grace, you resist persist. Um, but I remember I commented on her post and I was really stoked about it. And she was like, Hey, I'm here. Like if you need anything. And she texted me privately and was like, there's this anxiety workshop. If you want to come, it's a member workshop. And I was like, Oh my God, sign me up. And I remember coming in and everybody being on screen, seeing you guys and being like, wow, everyone's best friends. Like, how is this possible? I was so confused, but I was like, (laughs) wow, like somehow I got like let into this group and I sobbed my eyes out. I went in balls to the wall and I will own that. I, when I had that opportunity to join something greater than myself, I went in. And I didn't know any other way. I was so scared that I would never get out of this, that I was like, I will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And that meant I joined the I am challenge. And that was a huge game changer for me. Just like alone understanding I am like, I am, I am worthy. I am enough, like changed my life. And the rest is history. (laughs) Well, what a concept, right? It's like any of us can use that productive power regardless of where we are in our life. If we're on our knees begging or if we're at the top of the fucking hill and just closed, like the greatest setup of our life that we think is going to give us happiness and joy. And, And really it's like, what is I am? I am is the claiming that you are not your identity. You just are like, meaning I am not a mom or I'm not a wife or I'm not a lawyer. Or I'm not a doctor. I'm not a executive. It's a, it's, I am period. No more words, no more extension because am is enough. Meaning I'm being mm. and being is enough. And that's a big concept. In fact, I think we could do an entire podcast on it, but I mean, it sounds like you got not only invited to the right place at the right time, but also the content that was present in that container was exactly medicinally what needed to land. Yeah. Thousand percent. Mm. I finally felt worthy. Like people reaching out to me. I was like, Oh, this is weird. 
texting yeah, me, checking me in about on how me. like it didn't feel good at first or like what are yeah. the things you were worried about? Uh, I was so resistant. I had all these stories, all these dialogues, like Ashley's only texting me because she wants me to join whatever, blah, blah, blah. Jules is only texting me because she has to. And like, I just had all these stories around. I would never be enough for someone to want to reach out. I'm just another pity party. And I felt that, but like, even though I felt that, I still responded and I was still present in the conversations. And part of me was still like, maybe just maybe they mean it. And it took a while for me to actually fully feel it. And I remember, cause I ended up signing up for um, the 200 hour last year, which I cannot believe that was just last year. It feels like just, whoa, like time is not real. We all know that, but like, whoa. Um, but I remember signing up for that and coming in and we kind of chatted about it at once in a circle. And it was just the feeling of like being worthy enough. And I think I had said that I was like, yeah, I had thought that you didn't really care about me. I thought you were just doing it as like a, you have to do it. And now shifting back, realizing like I'm on the other end now, like reaching out to people in the community and like now being on the other end, I'm like, oh no, I love you. Like Mm -hmm. every person that I am friends with and reach out to and talk to and, some incredible humans, everyone in the community. It's like, I don't ever reach out as a weird way. It's always with the best intention because I just love them, you know? And I think it's cool to see the reverse now to be in a different position and yeah, be able to see that light turn on for other people is so rewarding. Mm, Thanks for saying that. It's interesting because I think as humans, we tend to have defensiveness. Like we run with defensiveness of like, what do they want? What's the ulterior motive? What is the purpose of this conversation? And even in the coaching and health industry, right? It's like at the end of the day, it's still a business, right? So it needs people within it to operate and in in order to thrive. And I don't know, there's something about running this community and this company. um, And I know I can speak for Jules in the same way that like, let me backtrack. You have to know your values. You have to know what is important and worth your time. Because for people like us and our team, our values are that we want to see the world a better place. And what's included in that is the people that come into our community are here for a reason and a purpose and that they have something to give that is being just inhibited by something that is taking their power in that moment. And all for, for all of us, we're very aligned. We do a lot of work on values in our internal team is we are all aligned with the fact that it is not our job to save it and to lift that thing. We are all aligned that it is not being needed or our role in order to come in and show someone something they don't know, but rather our team is deeply aligned in that, in the power of being seen as you are and accepted as you are without being judged or told you need to be different. Even if the way you're showing up fucking sucks. We just come in and we're like, hey, let me just meet you here. Oh, you feel ashamed because you slept in, didn't hold, uphold your commitment. Oh, you feel sad because you ran back to that fucking toxic ass relationship or, oh, your parent triggered you or, oh, you're isolating and you're ashamed because you're avoiding and you don't want to have a conversation. Like making all of that welcome and acceptable is the way that we heal it. So in order to know what you're aligned with gives you on the giving end versus the receiving end of that kind of conversation on the giving end. It's like, we're not attached. Right. And so even when we welcomed, for example, someone like you in the community, you've always been so easy to love. You've always been like, you've always walked in actually Jules and I were talking about this yesterday when we were in line at a grocery store or something. And I was like, man, like 
even though like we're all still working through our core stuff, the way that Ashley does it doesn't make me feel the way I've had other students do it. Meaning like there isn't like a neediness or I need you guys or I'm not okay. Or, um, you know, I don't feel good about myself, but yet I'm entitled in all these other areas. Like the, the way that you work through your work is so Mm. humble and beautiful and endearing and grateful, right. To like go through a nasty reckoning of yourself can make someone many different things, but, um, I've never seen you do it without gratitude and humility. So I want to recognize you because the propulsion of your growth is a result of the behavior in which you approach it and the hunger. And for example, like Katie on our team, she runs all of our um, admin and business operations. She's very similar in her values where it's like you show up with a beginner's mindset, hungry. And that is a filter, a value system we put on our own mind. It's not something that when I show up here, I'm going to be hungry. But when I show up here, I already know what's going to happen. It's I view the world from a hungry beginner's mindset perspective, not gullible, but curious, right? So it's not like I'm like, oh my God, I want everything. Give me a podcast. Give me a book. And I'm not even absorbing shit. I'm just like checking boxes. It's not that. It's not tell me anything and I'll believe it. No, it's I am in a dance, a deep divine dance with my interaction with the fulfillment of my life. And the more curious I walk with an open heart, craving information, that more it empowers me to be connected with my intuition and decipher what's coming in and how it's applicable and take what works, leave the rest and continue to promote that. But that just that general way of being is really what propels the growth. So like good on you for being efficient, baby girl, (laughs) right? Just by who you are. Thank you. Like, I appreciate hearing that. And right. I feel like it's hard for me to see that sometimes it's hard for me to notice that Mm -hmm. because I just am sometimes. And then when I hear that, I'm like, oh yeah, like I am cool. Like I am doing this damn thing. Like I am, you know, showing up in that way and hearing that makes my heart warm because that's how I want to be perceived. That's how I want to feel like we want people to feel when I come into a room is just like at ease, you know, and I think the biggest thing that you mentioned was about values. And that was something I struggled with so much. And I remember at the very beginning of me joining the community, I'd had some stuff around work and we all have work stuff, right? But I was talking to Jules specifically and we were talking about like how to get out of this role and like interviews and jobs and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And you would ask me, you're like, well, what do you value? Like, what do you want? And I was like, values, what? Like that pertains to work, how? And not that it doesn't, but, uh, in my head, I was like, I don't understand. I've never been asked that question before. And so I had to sit with it and I felt so empty. I was like, wow, I don't even know what I value. And that was a deep, dark place for me to where Mm. I am now. And like, we did the, um, core values foundations program and man, that shook myself up. Like I had to really reckon with like the values that like I really feel near and dear to. And I think what you had said is like, whatever your values are, like, it's not just like my values in this part of my life, but not in this part. It's like, no, it's like, what are my values all around? And that's how I've been able to heal myself and also be there for others in unattached way. I think that something I've been navigating most recently within my family is a family member that is constantly, like you had mentioned before, like going back to that guy, to that toxic relationship, to that 
feeling of, I need them. I need them. I need them, but I don't need you. And it's that feeling of like, I don't want love from anybody that's giving it to me only from the one that's not. And in my head, I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, I love you. Like we love you. Like we're here for you. But then when I zoom out and I realize like, there's no good or bad, like this is her journey and I need to dis- disassociate myself with it, detach from the outcome. I'm able to like zoom out and be like, oh, I just love her. Like, honestly, like love is the only thing I have for her. And whether she is doing X, Y, and Z or coming back in or like yo-yoing me back and forth, I will still love her. And if I show up in love, then it's healing. If I show up in resentment, anger, you did this to me, you suck, you this, whatever, I'm like holding her back. You know, I'm not even giving her a chance to see herself. And so that's been a big awareness for me recently is just like how you approach other conversations, relationships around you is how you can find liberation in yourself and then also liberate yourself from whatever their journey is. Let them have it. It's not yours. It's not mine. So good. So good. And isn't it all love, right? Like, isn't it all coming down to the frame in which we view things? Because when we, when we come from a loving softened perspective, there's possibility. (laughs) Whereas the rest puts blame and and shame. And um, the thing I've noticed most about your journey and what you've shared, especially today, which thank you for being so vulnerable and open, is um, that it was really a shift from this outward, I need the world to see me, to the recognition that you needed to see you and that the bottomless pit of chasing that feeling was only continuously putting you back at the start again, putting you back at the start of feeling the empty cup as it drained out of the bottom of the cup that had the hole in it. Right. And the filling the hole was the seeing yourself. And then once the hole was filled with like, I see me no matter what, then the cup starts to fill. And then the overflow of the full cup is what we give to others. And when we do it that way, the giving to others is unattached. There's no need for return and there's no expectation because you're giving from a full place, meaning you don't need to fill your cup with their response. Your cup's already full and anything they give you back is an abundance of return, but it doesn't matter for your existence. Yeah. It's a big deal. Big, big deal. Liberation. <laughs> what are you thinking down there, Juju? So many things. Be- I was just thinking and everything we've talked about and just like thinking about when Ash joined the community, it's like, there's so many people that have come and not stayed, right? And I think, or they they came and they got what they needed and didn't, you know, pursue further growth or whatever you want to call it. But I wanted to just know more about you, about what's kept you here and what's kept you hungry for your growth, because something that I mean, we've talked about it in other podcast episodes as well, but something that I'm very um, interested in is when like you really meet yourself and you really start healing your wounds and you really start seeing the possibility that things can be different, right? And that your suffering can have some ease and you can have joy and, you know, you have a different choice to make in life essentially, right? And what I'm always surprised by and that I guess I don't understand is when people get a taste of that and don't pursue it. So what I would love to hear from you is what has kept you hungry? What has kept you, you know, longing for more? What has kept you to go from I am to say, I'm going to sign up for 200 hour, like, what is it for you that is 
you know, motivating you here? Great question. Thank you. Uh, I feel like for me, it's always been service. I, even though it came from a different version of myself with people pleasing, like I started the podcast with, that is still such an amazing part of me. And maybe in this sense, I'm not using it as people pleasing. I'm using it as a way of serving people the way I know how, and that's just holding space. One of the things I learned in this healing journey and in the 200 hours specifically is how to hold space and not fill it. And I will round that out later to another topic, but that was a huge concept for me to just hold space and be there with people in their pain, not have to fix them, not have to change them. And when people did that for me, I was like, wow, I don't have to be anybody else. I can just be in my pain, be in these feelings and let you guys hold me. And in so many ways, like the programs and awake and yoga and like meditation and all these things, it's like, you guys held me. I went through some deep, dark shit, like with my family, with reckoning with my dad, with even my mom that I'm still resistant to dealing with, um, which will come at some point. But that's what keeps me going is being held and being felt feel safe. Like I feel safe for the first time. I didn't feel safe in my body before. I'm crying. And I feel safe. I'm yeah. too. And I mean, yeah, like you guys see me for me, for who I am. And that's never felt okay before in the past. And I know we were chatting about it earlier, but we did that amazing, incredible plant medicine journey this past weekend for Jules's 40th birthday. And I was so honored and blessed to be invited a part of the celebration. And that's what my journey showed me. It showed me that I can be myself unapologetically myself who I am. And I have power in choice. I have power in myself. And if I just let go everything else and stop being so afraid to be seen, life just starts becoming more beautiful. And yeah, that weekend I felt so myself for the first time. So worthy. I soothed myself. I breathed with myself. I breathed with you all, with you beautiful souls and kind of in a roundabout way. That's what keeps me going is knowing that my healing is is helping other people heal as well. When I heal, you heal, but it's not the other way around. I can't wait for you to heal for me to heal. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it's that weird phrase of, when I heal, everybody else can heal around me as they see the example. But like, if I wait for you to change or you to do something else, I'm holding myself back. And so I do it for service for myself and for those around me. And I have seen the ripple effect. It's been incredible to watch, especially people that aren't in the work that aren't in the community. They still get to feel it. Like I taught a yoga class this morning. Wow just watching people's bodies like shift when like I say something and like they close their eyes and they're like, Oh, I'm here. And I'm like, wow, they may never get that at any other place in their world, you know? So. <sighs> okay. The waterworks, they were only a little bit this time. I thought I was going to fully lose it, but thank God, at least for now. <laughs> thank you so much. Still that time. Like, I couldn't have asked for better answer as far as just understanding. And like, I feel like you hit the nail on the head is that, man, what made me cry is hearing you say, like, I figured out, or I learned how to sit with someone in their suffering and not try to take it. And it's like the amount of moments I've felt so hopeless in my life, trying to make someone's pain go away. 
and how I took it on as my own, like a fucking badge of honor and felt pain for someone as if I could take it and, and make it so that they didn't feel it. And what I've realized in my recent work so much around that specifically is that like, first of all, you can never, it's just not possible to do that. And you'll drown with someone, but that second of all, you're actually doing more harm than you're doing good when you do that, because you rob someone of their ability to be in their pain and the gifts that come from pain. And then you also don't allow yourself to feel the gift of pain of watching them, but just like separating and holding it down and, and being okay, regulating yourself in that space of that. This is not all on me, that this is a beautiful space to dance with. I mean, you said so many profound things, but that's the one that's really sticking with me a lot. Um, and I mean, we're living in a world that's every single thing that this world does to operate in its consumerism and social politics, all of that stuff goes towards listen to the outer world and don't listen to yourself. Because if you're a free thinker and you listen to what yourself has to say, you're probably not going to be easy to control anymore and you won't comply and you won't do the things you're supposed to do. Like getting up, working 16 fucking hours every single day for the rest of your life and like not even thinking twice about it and thinking that if you don't have a job or don't produce that you don't deserve to get paid and have a life to live or whatever it is, right? Like that story. And that's, it's so anchored, like deeply programmed and as sweet souls, like we got to go back for ourselves over and over to say like, Hey, your voice matters. Even in the moments you need to buckle up and show up and do things you don't really feel like doing your voice matters and how it makes you feel matters. And if you don't figure out practices and tools to reckon with that mattering, you're going to feel worthless and unworthy for your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I think like also what you said that what stuck out to me was like when you're talking about value and just like service is what propelled you forward because I I think like, I mean, a life of service is what I think my life is about. Right. And I'm not saying that your journey has to be mine, but I think a common value that we all have is being of service and just hearing you say that, I mean, obviously you exude that in your actions so you didn't have to say that to me right but for the context of this podcast I think it's really great to hear that um and hear that come out of your mouth because I know what makes my heart beat I know what makes me like get up every day I know what makes me feel like I'm valued and I think that being of service and everything that we experience in this community it has to come from like that place and that um motivation because it's like what else is like if there's something else driving you whether you're like I want to change this person or I want to do this like it all has to start within you in order to obviously see the ripple effects and obviously also give and receive in this in the context of you know this community and the bigger work that I think this community does which is like it is service it is endless love it is creating containers it is healing it is it's all these things but when it if you had to define it with one word it's like if you don't have that value system of being of service I don't I think it's really hard for people to like feel really connected to everything that we do because it's so grounded and um just deeply rooted in that so yeah thanks for sharing that because it just reminded me of why I'm here yeah 
I kept thinking while you were talking is like, when have you ever been in a group full of women? And we have some men as well, but this large of a community and felt so safe and felt so heard and cared for and the accolades and like, everyone is so supportive and it's not in a way of positive toxicity, right? It's in a way of like, I'm here with you. Like what Ash was mentioning earlier, like holding space and like being of service, like Jules, you check in on everyone and like, you don't do it from a place of like, I have to, you do it from a place of, I want to. And like, you make people feel seen and heard. And I think it goes back to having that beginner's mindset of like, we're never healed. uh, We're just healing together amongst each other. And like, when we see it from that lens, I learned so much from other people in the community, like shared experiences, like being in the arena with everyone, with their stories, with whatever they're going through. And being in the midst of it is how I grow. When I step away from that and I find myself as like above or, you know, like, oh, I've got that figured out. Or when I have certain people say things and I get this defense, like, how dare you give me that feedback? I'm like, whoa, check myself. Like, what's going on? Like, where is that coming from? And now I know to like ask myself these questions and be curious versus write that person off, right? But like that took a lot of practice. Whereas before it was instant defense. And so now- It's like working backwards to like getting back to that beginner's mindset, being of service and figuring out what's triggering me right now. What in this relationship is showing me something that I don't want to see. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Cause if you like, don't do it here, you're going to keep running into the same thing everywhere Mm -hmm. else. Right. So it's like, whatever work you do here is mirrored into your life. If you usually show up and contract when a certain topic comes up, it's going to happen in the community too. And you're going to have a little space to work with that, but you'll have people in the space that know how to hold the space to help propel you there. So that when you go into the space that doesn't feel safe, you have that reference point for what Mm -hmm. it feels like to ground into that. And I love that you said it's not toxic positivity. In fact, I love when we have interactions in the community, when people feel triggered by each other, because I'm like, oh, they're going to work it out, right? Like whatever's coming up right now is an opportunity for rupture to then create repair, to then create a stronger relationship. But like, let me just map this out right now is like most of us, a majority of us that walk this earth in this general demographic is like we may or may not have understood what feeling seen looks like in our childhood. So it feels unsafe, unfamiliar. And we automatically are like, y'all are fucking occult, right? Like there's, there's like, it's like hard to receive feeling fully seen and accepted for who you are because most of our life, we don't know how to do that from four years old, five years old, we're put in school and told do this and then you'll comply and then you're okay. And then by the time you get to third grade, you have to take a test and you're good, you're bad. This is good, this is bad. So we're automatically being told how we need to operate versus the deeper layer of um, what does my soul want to give and how do I want to feel connected? And then we don't walk into situations with let me create space and let me be sensitive to what's here. We walk in with, this is my agenda so I can be heard, seen, and understood, even if it comes up in woundedness, uh, behavioral defects, judgment, all of these other things that make us feel contracted versus expanded. So the the concept of holding space, the concept of walking in and being seen, the con- all of these concepts are not fucking real world, by the way. Like they are but they are spirituality, like, right? Like seeing everyone as source energy, regardless if they're showing up and triggering us, regardless if they're bringing a bunch of bullshit to the table, regardless if they're walking out in the middle of a retreat, right? Seeing everyone as God, seeing everyone as source mm-hmm. and them feeling seen as that 
even though they know they're showing up like a dick or showing up with undesirable behavior, that's like healing in itself and unfamiliar. So the, the journey of that, I know that it takes a lot to be receptive to because it always feels too good to be true. And we're not, you know, we're not rainbows and butterflies, right? Like I had recent rupture with some, uh, someone on our team and we had to like, it took us like a week and a half to, and many conversations. Good. Let's pause on this. We'll go think about it. We'll bring back our thoughts and pause on this. And we had to have that. And then by the time we made a decision of like, yeah, this works for us. Let's find a way to make this work. Here are the adjustments we can make to create more cohesion. Then you make the decision to be stronger and to like connect deeper and feel more safe in your vulnerability. But that rupture and repair cycle, all of this stuff, first of all, is not taught to us as kids. And me growing up in a divorce household where my parents separated when I was like three and the divorce took 10 years of brutal, like, well, what about this money? And what about this child support? And what about this decision of this therapist for this kid? And do we medicate or what do we do with our kids when they're not showing up? There was no teamwork. There was no we can disagree with kindness. So that was like a skill all of us in our community had to freaking learn, especially those of us that have that background, how to show up in a space and, and get to love. How do we do that? And that takes participation from all of us, right? Not just you come in and there's like a leader of a community that knows how to see you. And that's, that person is the guru. Like, please let's get the fuck off the pedestals right now and talk about how we're all human. We all have vulnerabilities. We all have weaknesses. We all have strengths. We all have gifts. We all have love. We all have character defects. We all got crazy families. Like we are showing up as a human expecting everyone else around us to not be a human, to be a robot, to show up the way that we want them to show up. And so as we interact in these relationships, we see how much healing is in the spiritual assignment of being exactly where you are. Yeah. And not to mention in thinking about beginner's mindset, we're also constantly like since, you know, school, since being socialized, since being in structured society, um, we are with a competitive mindset to be experts at things. Therefore, we have to, we don't have to, but we tend to see beginner's mindset as a weakness, I think. And so really having a piece of that humble pie and just remembering like you could learn anything from anyone at any time. So like the area of opportunity to actually like maximize your life, your healing, your access to love, joy, insert here. I, I think it's also like we, we, we have to relearn that and we have to like really just set our framework of the world of curiosity and of acceptance that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm a really a subject matter expert at X, Y, Z, whatever that is. I can, you know, cook up a meal any second and I know I'm fucking good at it, but I'm still a fucking beginner because I could like learn anything new in the kitchen, any moment if I so allow. Right. And that applies to all aspects of our life, including this community where you know, so many times we think we learn the lesson until we're triggered again. And we don't want to see that it's the same pattern, but it is. <laughs> yeah. There it is again and again and again. That reminds me of a saying um, someone said last weekend, I forgot who it was, but they were saying um, there's always someone in the room that has something that you don't. 
And I think it's knowing that it's like, oh, whoa, like, yeah, we have stuff too that other people don't, right? Like everyone has value. I chatted with Jules about this, comparing ourselves and what we bring to the space. It's so easy to get lost in that and be like, oh, I'm never going to be like so-and-so, or I didn't do it like they do it. And so I'm not good enough. And I felt like that a lot with like my teaching in yoga and like feeling confident in myself and teaching, leading meditation. And I think Jules said it perfectly was just like, no one needs another X, Y, and Z. Like we all need whatever you have. Like, I don't need you to be some person fit into this mold who shows up and does everything perfectly. And you're just blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I want to see you in your pain and your struggles. And then also in your highest points. But like when you actually fully become yourself, that's when your everything shines, you know, rather than me trying to compare and be somebody else. And so I think it's that reminder, like everyone has something to add as well as ourselves. Like we have a value that nobody else has. And when we all come together, like that's why we're all just walking each other home. Like I always love that saying. It's like when we see it from that mindset, it's so much easier to live life. It doesn't have to be as scary. Yeah, for sure. It's it's funny as you were saying that, I was thinking too about how like even though that teaching has become something you're really passionate about, and it's obvious it's a calling for you. It's calling for me. I get that. I also think that like when you're feeling like you are not enough or feeling unworthy, like whatever it is, it can be terrifying to go contrary, to do the opposite, right? Of like, I'm afraid of doing this. So I'm going to do it anyway and prove to myself that the fear around this was like, not the thing. It was more the belief in myself, whatever, like insert here. And I think it's beautiful that you've stepped into teaching. And I know that like maybe right now you're starting to find your voice in the sense that you're like, cool, I could walk in and I'm solid and I'm dropped in. Right. And even experienced teachers, that doesn't happen hundred percent of the time. Right. It happens maybe 70, 80, 90, whatever. But the process of going through something like a training of what you did, being asked to instruct someone else on something you're just learning, the facets of putting together some experience where you're holding someone et cetera, et cetera. Everything that comes with that journey will completely diffuse so much of that underlying stuff, right? Because when you walk into a room and you say, get in down dog, and you realize the power of your voice, Mm. that learning, like, like I, I wish that we had certain setups right now where I could say every single person that moves through this training has to also teach for a year, one class a week on a schedule or something, or mm-hmm. a setup that allowed that because it's not about you teaching a good class, even though students of yoga need good yoga, right? But the process of you using your voice and speaking out loud, like the development of the character that comes underneath that. And you could teach yoga, you could teach floral building, you could teach kids how to touch their toes, you could teach anything. <sighs> But the process of claiming your power and saying, I'm devotionally giving to you an art that allows me to use my voice, hold space, be confident that what I say is not going to be out of alignment with what you want to hear. And you're going to judge me, allow my leadership to speak when I say you do this and trust that they're going to listen. All of those things are like built into something like a program that devotes you to yourself. And the thing I find most awesome, and you and Zavi both did this, is that you've both already taken 200 hours and you were like, I see that this is going to be nothing like anything else. Just like no 200 hours the same, no retreats the same, no program is ever the same, no two yoga classes, no two moments, no two days, no two meditations, right? And that beginner's mindset calling back into that is, is what gives you 
the success you've had with the work, the work you've done is like, I'm going to show up. And even if I fall on my face, I'm still right here. And that reliability is what builds self-esteem. It's what allows the worthiness to be again, empowered as to who you are and the unworthiness to be dissipated into where it came from. Right. The polarity is necessary, but here you are claiming your power in all these ways. Mm. Dang. Dang. I hope you see yourself on that. I do. I mean, looking back at my teaching and like how I've gotten to where I am today and still will continue to grow, man, using my voice is so incredible. Like being here right now, not having my heart beat out of my chest is insane because that's just not how I operated before. And now like I can show up in a space and be present and be like, feel safe in this moment with you guys. And the same thing with teaching, like you said, downward dog go and they go. I say the wrong pose and they're doing it. And I'm like, we're going with it. And like, you know what? They have no idea what I was going to teach. And that's the thing too, is like, you literally start to trust in yourself more. And I think that's a great thing that you mentioned. If that could be a requirement is like, teach, I don't care who you teach, teach somebody once yeah, a week, or teach something your else, voice. but use what teach you teach anything. Yeah. yeah use your voice, mm-hmm. feel your intuition, feel the feeling in your body and like allow yourself to be uncomfortable and allow yourself to have the stories. Because when I teach now in person versus teaching on the platform, um, on your platform, I love both because when Mm -hmm. I teach on your platform online, it's such a different experience where my cueing has gotten so good versus now in person, when I see people's faces, I'm like, Oh God, they don't like this. Oh, Mm -hmm. they're not happy. Oh, look Mm -hmm. at that face. And Mm -hmm. then now when I do that, I'm like, what am I doing? Like how silly I'm thinking for them. Like I'm here in a space to lead and like to be a guide. I am not teaching them anything they don't already know other than being safe in their bodies. Everything Mm -hmm. else is already within them and whatever they get out of it is what they were supposed to, whether they hated the class, that guy that told me um, that the music was too loud and was like, so in my face about it. I'm teaching again on Saturday. I'm subbing and I'm like, if he comes, I'm here again. But it's funny because it's like learning how to accept criticism, accept feedback, not even criticism, just feedback. And then also remember that like there was so many other people in that class and we can't please everybody. And I think that also and so is much huge... more going on that we don't even so know. Like more. when you see resting bitch face, like they they probably are just having something going on and they're can't, they're so fucking happy to be in your class. Yeah. How many times have you been in a class and like, are you really judging the teacher? Or are you judging yourself? I am Never always judging the teacher. Myself. Yeah, yeah. Myself. Every time. I'm like, <laughs> damn. Well, the only time I am is when I'm like standing splits really again. Like I get frustrated. <laughs> but other than that, I'm judging myself because I don't want to be in this pose. Like the thing I chatted today about was um, how yoga, the practice of yoga, not just the asanas, but like all of it is something that has helped me learn how to be in uncomfortable situations and find stillness. And I love that teaching. Literally just finding stillness in the uncomfortable pose, feeling, thought, story, situation, wherever you came from, wherever you're going. Can you just sit in it? No, that's fine. Sometime. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Next time. And even space holding can give agency for someone to make that decision. So many freaking nuggets. uh, Yeah. Uh, So just to recap, I mean, I would love to just give our listeners a timeframe too. I mean, we started what it was like, um, August or September, 2021 or 2022, 2021, 2021. And so the trajectory was you went to this workshop and then all of a sudden you felt a reckoning of 
you know, your soul and then a calling of doing more work, you were ready. And I also want to say to our listeners, if you're not ready, please don't feel ashamed about it. So like when Jules was saying, well, what keeps you in the community and how do you see parts of your growth and you never want to go back for it? It's like, you know, there's a lot of times that I saw the possibility of who I could be in my life and I wasn't ready. Like I was too, the fear, Mm -hmm. the unsafety was too much. And when we are ready, we are ready. And so you were ready. You jumped into one of our challenges, which is a great way to get integrated. And then you jumped into 200 hour and then you jumped into Tulum retreat and we went down to Mexico. And then now it's just continues to unravel over and over and over and, um, having you a part of our next training. I'm so excited. Um, and I'm so grateful to have you on the platform teaching now, um, as well as just integrated into our lives and how many people, have the opportunity to see themselves because of the work you've done with yourself and the space you get to hold. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Um, cool. Well, this has been just so amazing. And, and I do also feel like we could talk for seven hours about your journey because it's been so magnificent to witness, but more to come. And for those of you that are interested in connecting with Ash, you can always um, reach out, you know, to us and we'll put you in touch just to anything about her story relates to you. Or um, if you'd like to take her class, she teaches on Mondays at noon meditation. She also teaches on Friday mornings, yoga practice with us. So feel free to come get a little taste of her devotion, her sauce, and love to have you guys. And we love the opportunity to continue to do this podcast and um, the new form that it's continuously taking with having guests. So thank you all for listening and being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a magical experience and just allowing me to have another opportunity to find leadership and agency in myself. So I really appreciate it. Totally. And if you you have one piece of advice for someone that's feeling paralyzed by their anxiety, what would it be? The word that keeps coming to mind is staying curious. And what I mean by that is don't shun yourself, validate yourself. Like, I think the biggest thing is when you feel paralyzed by everything around you, it's the shame that holds us in prison. But when we can stay curious and be like, where is this coming from? Why validate yourself? You're okay to feel this way. It's okay to feel really shitty right now. And then take a deep breath and just know that you have choice. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things there, right? But it starts with just sitting, like just be with yourself because every time that you run away to another distraction, to another thing, to fix, to fill the hole, to do all these things, you're expanding yourself out and you need to contain your energy back in, bring it back in, back into your heart. So pause, be curious, know that you're loved. It's beautiful. It's good advice. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. My sweet loves. Well, we're going to let you guys all go. And we are so grateful to have this time once again, Juju, thank you for being my co-host and angel face. Ash, thank you so much for offering all your vulnerability. Mm, my pleasure. I love you guys. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.